TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Score North Live. It's actually not Big Voice Guy. It's the Score North first place twins show live from Boma Soda. <laughs> The land of 10,000 rakes, where the magic guy. number is 33. Rami Makloff, along with Derek Wetmore, our Twins reporter, Danny Cunningham. We got Jonathan on the other side of the glass out here at the Wisconsin State Fair. It's Wisconsin. Wisconsin State Fair. Come on, bud. This glass is like, what did I say? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. No, I this did is not. Your first yes, you no, I did not. Yes, it's a great oh, Minnesota man. get together. Oh, I'm just going <laughs> to leave. Minnesota State we Fair. are at the Minnesota State Fair. Go get some State cheese curds or something. Man. <laughs> of Chambers Street on the left edge of the grandstand. Get them out of here. And Score North is out. Tighten it up. I know. We're out here noon to six from now until the end of the fair, right? We're out here for a good, a good long Through Labor Day. Yeah. This, Every day, you this, got it. This is our workplace for the next couple of weeks or so. And this we're, is we're our work uh, dress code too. Shorts are allowed. Shorts. I don't are, know if you got the memo, Danny, but shorts are. allowed. I looked at the weather. It was only supposed to be seventy today. I yeah, thought I'd okay. look presentable. That's shorts weather. You're okay. Seventy is shorts, shorts weather. weather. Sure, but you know it's going to be hotter other days. I only have a limited number of pair of shorts that I should be wearing to work. Smart. So Smart. I figured if I'm going to have to burn a pair of pants on a certain day. I'm going to wear it when you it's going to be cooler. You pick the 70-degree day. Yeah. Right. when it's going to be like 85 tomorrow, I'll wear shorts. <laughs> I don't want to do laundry enough. all the time. I did laundry yesterday. That's enough. You're thinking ahead. You're yeah. planning ahead. I can't fault you for that. Now, did I, I really plan can. ahead that they don't take credit cards here? Maybe not. <laughs> that part, maybe but not I planned ahead for dress. Guys, I've got a couple of sources close to the situation <laughs> telling me that it is going to get sticky at some point in Bombasota throughout the State Fair. So but not today, so we're good. You're smart. It's the Bombasota State Fair, by the way. It's not the Minnesota State <laughs> the Fair. The great Bombasota get-together. It's get the together. State nice. Fair. See, if you would have messed up and called it that the first time, it would have been okay. But the I fact that you called it the Wisconsin I can State just Fair, leave. just right I, off the rip. Honestly, I can just leave, and I would deserve it. If you guys wanted to put me like on suspension, leave of absence, how about for opening the show that quick way? Quick on show I meeting. Even blame you. Jonathan, Danny, Declan, probation. Okay, let's keep probation. let's keep Rami All on right. the show. But like, if he slips up again and calls it the Wisconsin State Fair, uh, he's gonna go it's sit a, in the promotion. It's a two booth. strike system. He's got one more strike okay. to play. With I'm good there. with that. Two strikes? Yeah, you only get two strikes. Damn, dude. Yeah, fool me once, strike one. Fool me twice, You're strike gone. three. Exactly. Again, we're off Chamber Street at the Bombasota State Fair on the left edge of the grandstand. Stop by, say hi. We're out here until 6 o'clock. We got T-shirts for sale. We have a uh, Bombasota-like backdrop that you can take a nice picture in front of. Derek Wetmore did it. You can see that at Derek Wetmore on Twitter. And we have the All Arise T-shirts for sale out here. Uh, those are going to benefit the Ronald McDonald House charity. So uh, come on out and uh, grab one of those and uh, go to our Twitter account, at Score North, and watch me have an Arise off with Luis Arise. That was hilarious. It was fun. You see that, Danny? I saw it. I didn't watch okay. it. Thanks. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> Thanks, Danny. I've heard Rami say it enough. He just trusted the joke was going to be good, and the yeah. fact that Luis Arise was there in person, too, uh, and really just added to the bit. He corrected me, by the way. Corrected yeah, all of us. Right. Yeah, because I've been. It's it's ah. It's arise. Not so you've been doing it wrong. It's not arise. Now we know. It's, a, it's not a u sound. It's an a sound. It's ah. Heard it from the horse's mouth. From the horse's mouth. So thank you to Louise Arise for uh, playing along with my idiocy. <laughs> no, it was good. It was, was funny. That was Plus, fun. hey, it's for charity. It's <laughs> yes, a good cause. Exactly. So. Again, come on out here, get the All Arise t-shirts, and uh, proceeds going to the Ronald McDonald House charity. Uh, we were on the air yesterday as the game was playing out, the finale and rubber match with the White Sox, Derek, and uh, 
it kept on going the way it was pretty much going while we were on the air, and that is to say Lucas Giolito dominating the Minnesota Twins lineup on the way to a 4 nothing win and taking two out of three in the series. Not, yeah. not what you wanted to see in that series. No, disappointing result. Not because... Giolito's great, but like you're you're going to lose that game if he's mm-hmm. that good and he retires 27 of the 30 batters he faced. That part on its own is not disappointing, but you combine that with the fact that they lost the first game of the series 6-4, and it's like ah, you really feel like if you're the Twins, you let one get away when the Chicago White Sox came to town and you dropped two or three. You certainly let one get away, and you can say that yesterday maybe wasn't the worst thing because Giolito, you have to give him a lot of credit. You have to tip your cap. He's a really good pitcher, and he pitched incredibly well yesterday. I was, I was in the stadium yesterday and really, really impressed with what he did, but I can't get over Monday's loss just being a really bad loss for this team because you can't afford to lose games like that and then have another slip up two days later. The one yesterday is more understandable because that's just a really, really good pitcher, but Monday's inexcusable. That's a bad loss on Monday. It's a bad series loss. The talk is that the schedule lightens up, that it gets easier. It's not good when you open up that stretch when you want to try and win 10 out of the next 13, which you still certainly can, but you've already lost two out of three. Yeah, now you got to go 9-1, right, <laughs> to get to that. But I never, I never thought, and <laughs> were other people saying 10 out of 13? Mackie, I said 12-1. But, I mean, realistically speaking, <laughs> I heard Mackey say he expected 10 wins out of the 13. Was anybody else expecting 10 wins out expecting of the 13? Expecting is such Ex- a strong expecting's word. a strong word, but it's also, I don't think, unfair with when you look at who you're playing. If you're a team that has the aspirations to be a, a true contender, you go 500 against good ball clubs, which is what good teams do. But then you've got to clean up on the teams like this, and that's what you did in the beginning portion of the year. That's how you got 40-18. and 18. If the team that played as well as the Twins did to get to 40-18 and 18 shows up right now, they yeah. win 10 of the 13 games. Yeah, that's fair. And, it, you know, even 9-4, like, that's a great mark. Yeah, 9-4 is fine. Eight, I'm not... eight, maybe nine in the 13-game stretch. Is what, win two out of three down the stretch, and you will have done the job. Let me ask you guys this, big picture, because we can, we can talk about, hey, the Tigers aren't nearly as good as the White Sox, and, of course, we can get into that today on the Scoring North First Place Twin Show. Can we, but please? big picture. <laughs> I like talking about how bad the, the Tigers are. I can't going stand forward. the Tigers. It's great. The Tigers are so bad. It, it just it warms my heart to see Miguel Cabrera on just a terrible team. Warms my heart. Off day, three-game sweep, off day to get the Twins back on their feet. But I want to ask you guys big picture on the White Sox series because I don't disagree with what Danny's saying. That's a disappointing series loss. If you lose either one of those games, okay, fine. That happens. That's baseball. But to drop two of three to a team that, yes, has been better since the All-Star break, but let's be honest, still not a postseason club. Mm-hmm. Should have taken care of business. My question to you boys, does that series change the way you view the 2019 Twins? Or is it, it just a blip? It doesn't change it for me because I haven't viewed this team as a contender for a while. I viewed this team as a contender when they were 14-18, when they got off to that stretch, but they've been essentially a 500 ball club since then and didn't do nearly enough at the trade deadline to change my mind. So my mind's not going to change, really, unless you take all six games from Cleveland. Unless you win the games that you need to win against the defending champs and the team that is chasing you for the crown right now, yeah. that's the only thing that's going to change my mind. If you do go 10-13, and 13, that's great. I'm still not going to take you seriously when it comes to October because you didn't do enough in the past. Interesting. The only thing that will change my mind about the regular season is if – or. Is if they don't win the division. Yeah. I picked them to win the division, and I've, I've, I haven't wavered off that, and I, I still think that they're going to win the AL Central. If that doesn't happen, color me stupid. Wouldn't be the first time. But as far as, as, far as whether or not they're a contender, 
I don't think we'll get the answer to that until we see how they fare in a playoff series against another playoff team and, and another actual contender. If they if they run into the Yankees or the Astros come October, I think that's when we find out what this team is made of and how close they are to us actually legitimately calling them a contender. But did last night change how I view the 2019 Twins? No, not at, not at all. I mean, you have 162-game sample size, and Danny is right when he says they've been about a 500-baseball team since the 40-18 and 18 start. But if they stay a 500 baseball team, if they play 500 baseball from the 48-18 start all the way through the end of September, they won't win the division. That's not going to happen. They're, I think they're going to win about two out of every three games down the stretch here. That's going to get them to about 98 to 100 wins. And that's a good. That's a very good baseball team. There's no taking away from that. You can't say for this stretch of schedule they were a 500 team, so they're not a good team. That's not how this works. The largest sample size tells you the most about a baseball team. And if they win 98 to 100 out of 162 baseball games, that's a damn good baseball yeah, team. No matter how you want to dissect it. That's where I'm at too. If, they, if this team wins 98 games, it's it's like an automatic to me that they're a contender. And contender with a capital C. They are one of the few teams that can win the World Series. I know their pitching hasn't been as good recently, but their offense is historically great. It's one of the best in baseball, and they're cruising towards a home run record. Not only, you know, people are going to contend, oh, juicy baseball. It's not the same. They're just hitting bouncy balls out of the ballpark. And while that's probably true, they're also doing it better than any other major league team, including the Yankees, including the Astros, including the Dodgers. So if I'm just drawing this up and and, and I'm a World Series contender, I don't want to face the Twins in the ALDS. That's a team I want to avoid because of the lineup that they throw out there. So I still don't, I haven't moved off the stance that this is a contender, and if they're going to win 95-plus games, we'll see what happens in the postseason. I, I don't think that this is necessarily a team that the Astros or the Yankees or if Cleveland makes it into the LDS, whoever the four teams are, wants to avoid. I don't think that they'd be see, favored. really? I don't think they'd be favored over any of the other three teams. Maybe not. I but really I don't, don't think they would. I, I would if, you are, if you are the Cleveland Indians, who would you rather face? The Astros, who have a superior lineup to you and very good pitching just as well, the Yankees, who have a far superior lineup to you, or but you have them in pitching, or the Twins, who also have a superior lineup to you, but you have them in pitching as well, who you have also shown that you can beat. And I think you, I'd rather face the Yankees. I would not, really, especially okay. not in that ballpark, See, I, well, because yeah. so many so many strange things yeah, can happen just... in Yankee Stadium. There, I mean, we talk about the juice baseballs. There are pop ups to second base that clear the right field wall <laughs> in Yankee Stadium. You saying I'd go deep at Yankee Stadium? I, I'm saying it's not out of the realm of possibility. Can you go Oppo? Because you're righty, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You go Oppo, you have to hit it 316 feet to hit it out of that. Stadium. I don't know if I have 316 feet of opposite field power, I pull power have, for sure. But yeah. I've never hit a juicy baseball. So That's I don't true. Know. That's true. I could maybe hit a bouncy ball 316. It's feet. like hitting a tennis ball. The balls are juicy. That's true. This is true. I'm just saying. I I don't think it's very likely that I could. But Danny's point on pop ups to second I, base carrying out that would scare me in a short postseason I, series. I get the whole thing about the Astros. That is a scary looking baseball team. Because I'm not scared of them. The, I'm not scared of them. But it's that's a that's a legitimately very good, very well rounded baseball team. Their bullpen yeah. has a lot of questions. But when you have a rotation and a lineup as stacked as they have, that's a scary baseball team. So I get Twins fans looking to October and going. Hope we can afford that freight train somehow, some way. I get that. I sure. understand that. The Yankees, 
I don't get what, what people are so scared of with the Yankees. Other, history aside, okay, let's put that aside for a second. Just looking at this Yankees team. There's I, a lot of scar tissue there I know, that you just I get brushed it. aside I get the it. carpet. But I see a mirror image of the Twins when I look at that Yankees team. It's a team that can rake up and down. They can probably go 12 or 13 deep, not just 9 deep with the lineup on any given night. But they have some serious questions when it comes to their starting rotation and probably more serious questions than the Twins when it comes to the bullpen. I'm not that I'm not that scared of the Yankees at all. I feel like the Twins are looking in a mirror when they look at the Yankees. Minus the pinstripes. Minus the pinstripes. <laughs> they lost. They should have kept the pinstripes. I like the. Pinstripes. I, don't, I don't like the Twins pinstripes. No. Like I the the Twin old stripes. ones. Yes. The ones that they've been wearing the past couple of years. I didn't like those. I didn't think that was a great look. I think that their look has been improved this year by ditching those. You think so? Yes. I'm agreeing with Danny here. And I am, it does look, look a, lot, a lot cleaner. I, I can be called biased on a lot of things. There is no bias for me whatsoever with anyone's uniforms. Like, there are a lot of teams or programs I hate, but if they have good uniforms, I will say they have good uniforms. Ohio State? <laughs> Great uniform. Hate the place. <laughs> awesome uniform. One of the best uniforms uh, in college guys, athletics. That's fair. Stop one second before we violate violate copyright laws. The Ohio State <laughs> University. <laughs> Somebody corrected okay. me on that yesterday. Here's Danny, my eye roll. I just felt Danny's eye roll from Yeah, here's, here's, here's my eye roll. <laughs> but back to my point. Really the only team that I would see the Twins as a serious dog to in a playoff series would be the Houston Astros. I'm not saying they'd be a serious dog to the Yankees or the Indians, but they're going to be the underdog if they so face too. either I, of those teams. I think that's fair. And, and I just view the MLB postseason this year as... We started the year talking about the haves and the have-nots, right? And I think both the Indians, the Twins, the Yankees, the Astros. I mean, let's go further down this list. The A's and the Rays, those are all the haves of Major League Baseball. It wouldn't shock me at all if any one of those six teams I just mentioned wound up in the ALDS, if any one of those six teams won it. I, would, like, I wouldn't be shocked at all if that happens, and that's where I'm at with the Twins. Is like, yeah, would they be favored against the Astros in a first-round series? No, I don't think anyone would pick the Twins on even money. But it's baseball. Like, we've all seen series right. go ways in which we didn't expect, right. and that kind of thing happens in October all the time. I think if you're the Twins, put yourself in a good position to host games at Target Field. Do that by, oh, by the way, sweeping the Tigers at home this week if you can. That'd be cool. Then you get your spot itself into a spot. Once you get there, hey, man, anything can happen, especially with a lineup like this. So it didn't change my view as to what I think about the Minnesota Twins in 2019. For a second this morning, I, I considered moving my stance on whether or not that was a bad loss on Monday because of the way that the series played out. Because you don't want to lose. Wait, did you say it wasn't a bad loss? Yeah, I said it oh, wasn't. Man. I really didn't. I didn't think it was a how? bad loss, and I stand by that. And this is how. And, and I'm going to say the same thing I said then. I almost let my emotions get away with me, and how do you lose two of three to the White Sox? But first of all, what I was just saying Bigger sample size, bigger picture, win two out of three down the stretch, you're going to finish with around 100 wins. Since we said that, they've won five of seven. That's better than what we even asked for. So, in that game in particular, you lost to Jose Abreu, dude. Jose Abreu beats a lot of guys. He beats, he beats a lot of guys. He's a very good hitter. I don't, and and the, the mistakes that you made in that game, they, they were weaknesses that this team has. They're not a perfect baseball team. But they're a good baseball team. Nothing happened in that game that should have been surprising or shocking or heartbreaking. You didn't, you didn't give away a late lead. They didn't snatch victory out of the jaws of defeat from you. 
You just lost a baseball game. They played better than you on a given night. There, some losses hurt more than others, and if you want to say every loss down the stretch here is a tough loss because everything is ratcheted up, I don't agree with that, but I can see it from your point of view. If you're just looking at it rationally as a baseball fan, that was just a game that you lost. There was nothing bad or ugly about it. It's a bad loss. How? It's a, because it, Just because it's not something that was unexpected or heartbreaking doesn't mean it's not a bad loss. When you have Kyle Gibson go out there and continue to not be good, that doesn't make it an okay loss because, oh, it's Kyle Gibson. He's not supposed to be good or he hasn't been good, so it's fine that we lose that game. Because that's so right, they can't right. lose any more games to any of these teams I'm that not, they're favored against. They're, they won't be good losses. There's no such thing as a good loss for this team right now. No, but some I, losses I are that. worse than others. Yep, I agree with both some of Some losses statements. are worse than others, but Monday's loss was a bad loss still. I, like, there's no, the, you, there is just no a way. Regular loss. Two things here, guys. I'm not calling it a good loss. Two things just here. Your run of the mill loss. I agree with Danny. There's no such thing as a good loss. I'm not moral victory guy. There are bad losses, and then there are just losses. My personal opinion is Monday was just a loss, not a bad loss. But second of all, why are we splitting this hair? Like, why, why does this matter? It's such a semantical argument. The Twins are now in a postseason race from what, August 22nd to the end of the year? See how many wins they finish up with at the end of the year, and then we'll go back and circle on the calendar. This one was a bad loss. This one cost him big time. Until then, we're just guessing. We're just speculating. Mm, I'm so, saying we're splitting hairs, and I don't get the point. I, I would say some losses are definitively worse than others. Oh, sure. It, like, what happened to the Indians last night? Bad loss. That was their second worst loss of the season. What bad I loss. Saw they went to extras they, in New York. They gave up a lead in the sixth or the seventh inning, was it? They, they, no, they came back and they tied it. They were up They were up uh, one nothing. then they were down 2-1, then they tied it at 2, and then they took a 3-2 lead in the tenth inning, and then Brad Hand gave up two in the bottom of the tenth. And, and he they lost. could have ended the inning on a double play play had but he, he covered cover first, first base. base. Ooh. And then the very next batter um, put it off the left field wall for the game-winning hit. Well, see, I, having not seen the game, you know, you watch a game and you have a sense for that one's a gut punch. Having not watched that game, I wasn't going to say that it was a bad loss. It sounds for like with, with Cleveland? Yeah. With, oh, I didn't watch either, but it was a bad loss. With Brad Hand out there ready to seal it down, then I think you'd feel kind of well, bad he's about been, that. He's been terrible he has lately. He has been break. horrific. He, the last outing that he had where he didn't give up a run was the first game of the Twins series when Cleveland was here. Yeah, I remember that. And that wasn't pretty. You know loaded, what's crazy, though? Loaded the bases in both innings that he pitched. Not only do those guys have a great starting staff, which we've talked about all year, even without Carlos Carrasco and Corey Kluber, they have some great relievers that you're not hearing about on the national radar. Even without Brad Hand, they've got some bullpen, bullpen arms, too. They have the best bullpen ERA in, in baseball, and I also think that Carlos Carrasco is going to be joining that bullpen sooner than later. That'd be something. And he, he made his first rehab appearance in A Akron earlier this week and hit 97 on the gun. <laughs> I, I honestly Look think that him. it wouldn't surprise me. It would not surprise me if they put him into the closer's role with how bad Brad Hand has been. Wow. That would be something. I would That'd not be surprised. That would be a big boost to that team. I mean, if he can't get right, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, see, I wouldn't see why not try somebody else in that closer's Especially spot. someone that has experience like him. Right. Yeah, and imagine that spiritual lift, too, that he rejoins the club and fills an important role for them down the final five weeks of the season down the stretch. Uh, that would be pretty I, fun. He's got a fresh arm. That's right. He has his, and that's part of the thing with the rotation is that if Kluber makes it back, which I don't is a question now. We'll see. Right. But Clevenger missed so much time; he's not going to have the arm fatigue that a lot of guys are going to experience this time of year because he's only pitched seventy-five or eighty innings because he missed two months. Carlos Carrasco missed three months; he's not going to have arm fatigue, and that's something that 
it's not the biggest deal in the world, but it's it's worth thinking about when evaluating their staff. I root for stories, man. I'm oh, that would that be one. the fact that he got it on a mound is incredible. Yeah, that's great. I couldn't imagine having leukemia and trying to come back to the big leagues. That was his first Double uh, A Akron start that you're talking about, or appearance. I don't know if he came out of the bullpen or yeah, what. Yeah, did. Um, that was his first time on a mound or at pro mound since his diagnosis. In a game, like he had pitched bullpens okay. and thrown against hitters okay. in a simulated game, but that was his first game action. <laughs> Ninety-seven on the radar gun, yeah. man. Wow, it's pretty good. Pretty good. It'd be really cool to be able to throw 97. They have a radar gun here at the Great Minnesota Get Together. Do you guys want to go try it after the show? See what we can dial it up to? Eh. <laughs> I worked out this morning. I would, but I don't have cash because I assume it, I in 2019 you. everywhere takes you. debit cards. I got you. It really is kind of crazy. Let's go over there. We're uh, out here at the Bombasota State Fair off Chambers Street on the left edge of the grandstand. It's the Score North First Place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10 thousand rakes Robbie Makloff Derek Wetmore Danny Cunningham stop on out and say hi we'll say hi to Eno Saris of the Athletic right after this on 1500 scorenorth.com and the score north mobile This is Score North, first place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks, magic number 34. Rami Makloff, Derek Wetmore, Danny Cunningham, live from the Bombasota State Fair. We're off uh, Chambers Street on the left edge of the grandstand. Come on out, check out the Score North merchandise booth open at 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily. Show us your Score North mobile app and you'll get a $5 t-shirt. Also, we are donating all proceeds from the All Arise t-shirts to Luis Arise's favorite charity, the Ronald McDonald House. So come on out, say hi. We are live out here uh, noon to 6 p.m. throughout the state fair. Joining us now on the Score North First Place Twins show, you find his work at The Athletic. Always a pleasure to welcome in Eno Saris. Eno, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. You know, this this Twins team and, and the home run pace that they're on, I feel like it gets swept under the rug a little bit because of the, the juiced baseballs and the launch angle era. How impressive is what they're doing to you from from a statistical standpoint in 2019 with the long ball? Oh, it's great, but I'm sorry. You said it first, so I get to say it. Uh, they lead the league in launch angle. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, we can talk about it on this show. You know, you're perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, this is a baseball they, uh, show. I bet this, you know, you, you can say launch angle. You say they put the ball in the air a lot, and I think it's actually an institutional thing. I think they uh, work on it in the minor leagues, and it's a, it's a thing that they want to do. And it doesn't have to, you don't have to say launch angle. You say they just try to, you know, make hard contact in the air, uh, and uh, they've been really good at it. And I think it's, really a, a, a testament to their player development. I mean, yes, you get Nelson Cruz, you, you get some hard hits high in the air, uh, but the rest of the team is, is mostly homegrown. And, you know, they didn't just focus on that because you still have Luis Arias and you still have William Astudio, so you still have these guys that, uh, you know, just make contact and have more level swings. But the rest of the guys, they put the ball in the air. I think Max Kepler in particular shows you what you can do if you kind of develop a guy. Yeah, you mentioned the minor league development, you know, and, and I'm just always fascinated uh, to, to watch year-to-year jumps of certain players. Is there anything that you can that we can glean from the outside of, of what the Twins are doing in the big leagues that uh, maybe other teams might try to copy? Or I, I know there's always the tendency to, oh, you see Cody Bellinger's killing it. Well, what is he doing? How can I copy him if I'm a 17-, 18-, 19-year-old kid? Do you see anything that the Twins are doing sort of systematically that might start to get copied around the league? 
Mm, that's interesting. Um, you know, trying to uh, you know figure out uh, the big steps forward for guys like Jay Odorizzi and Kyle Gibson, um, I think are interesting. And I think it has to do with having a, a wide variety of pitches um, and then also really targeting certain locations with each pitch. Um, so basically having some pitches that you don't really use a, a, all over the zone or a, a ton, but you use in certain only in certain locations to certain batters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's been a big part of Kyle Gibson's uh, you know, step forward. I think with Jake Odorizzi, he was always looking for a type of movement out of his breaking balls. And I think instead of focusing on the movement of his breaking balls, he kind of focused on the location of his breaking balls this year. Mm-hmm. I know the start yesterday wasn't amazing, but it was still pretty good. You know, it just ran into a buzzsaw with Lucas Giolito yesterday, I think. Um, but, uh, you know, getting what they've gotten out of Odorizzi is something that other teams might uh, want to book to copy. Yeah, that's that's great. And I am also curious, just to get back to the bats for a second, because I'm a, I'm a big uh, believer in what James Rousen and assistant hitting coach uh, Rudy Hernandez, what they've taught this year and all that. You mentioned hitting the ball hard in the air. That's a, I mean, that's about as simple as you can put it. But I was looking through some of the uh, baseball savant stats that the Twins are way up there in, in things like barrel rate and stuff, too, and, you know, making making hard contact on the sweet spot. This is – maybe it's a dumb question, but, like, is is there anything that you can do to teach guys to be better at that, or is it simply some guys have better hand-eye and, and better strength than others, and they just have a team full of guys that can do that right now? Well, it's not the Twins, but I, I saw a video that came out of the Mariners uh, minor league of a bunch of guys standing around a, a computer that they kind of stolen from a hitting coach, uh, and they were broadcasting uh, on, I think, Instagram uh, their bat speed. So you, know, you have a, a little, you have a little thing in your bat that can actually uh, measure the speed of the bat, like blast motion or zap. There's these little sensors you can put in the bat. And they were they were sort of yelling, clowning each other, running around, slapping high fives, and they were doing it based on bat speed, which is not uh, like a number that people even know about uh, so much. I don't even know exactly what good bat speed is. It kind of depends on your on your on your sensor. So these guys are running around high fiving each other based on bat speed. That's a great great way to do it because the you know of every uh, sort of of exit velocity, it's five parts bat speed and one part pitch speed. Uh, so basically, if you can increase your bat speed, you can increase your exit velocity. Uh, so that's, that's one thing. Another thing is you can wear these sort of vests that tell you if you're uh, firing your different body parts in the right sequence. Um, and they can tell you if maybe you need to work on, like I put it on, and it said I had a minus minus pelvis. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Not alone, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, was, I had okay hand speed, but uh, I got to work on that pelvis. So <laughs> That's great. I, I think that they probably, uh, especially with all these young guys coming up, what they have is an investment of riches of not only talented guys, but guys that came up in the era of tech. And probably all of these guys wore a vest at some point. Probably all of these guys are used to that language, are used to the sort of what was your bat speed kind of conversation. Uh, and that makes them kind of moldable. I mean, just look at what what they've gotten out of Jorge Polanco, um, and uh, you know the different different leaps forward that all these guys have taken. I, I would say that it probably came with a lot of sort of tech and uh, just being comfortable with it. 
you know, around this time of year is when we start to see guys deal with arm fatigue or shoulder fatigue, and a lot of starting pitchers will really start to slow down. Is there any in-season adjustment that those guys can make to try and fix that or reverse it the other way, or is that simply just an off-season thing? I think it's actually more of an organizational thing. I think, and it's really rough because they're fighting for the division right now, and you kind of want to win every game, but... You know, I think that one of the best things you can do is give an extra day. Um, you know, like, can you can you fit Lewis Thorpe in there for a day? Can you fit Devin Smelter in there for a day and give Kyle another day off and give Jake another day off? Um, you know, a, a kind of thing where you, you send, if Michael Pineda is feeling a little bit tired, you send him to DL and just give him a full 10 days off, uh, that sort of thing. You just need to give him as much rest as you can. And I know it's tough because you want, you want to win every game. But if you can, there is a, the Twins have the easiest schedule in baseball the rest of the way. Um, and I know that's not super comforting because you still have to win all those games. Sure. Uh, but maybe there's a game in Kansas City where you can say, hey, I think Lewis or, or Devin can handle this. Let's give uh, Kyle another day off. I think that's how you do it. Talking with Eno Saris of The Athletic here on the Score North first place Twins show live from the Minnesota State Fair. You know, the last five or six years, I want to say, bullpenning has been all the craze, and it's worked to this point, and we've seen teams with very deep bullpens and not great rotations go deep in the playoffs, but this year, the landscape of bullpens is just desolate, and it seems like all the innings that they've put on a limited number of arms in the big picture has has finally caught up. Do you think we're going to enter a phase where the data and the sample size says that maybe you're better off trying to get seven out of your starting pitcher rather than than what we've seen in baseball over the last five or so years? Yeah, I think we've definitely come to a turning point. I mean, this is I think we've pushed relief, uh, we've pushed bullpen so hard, and we've taken so much off of starting pitchers that we've actually gotten to the point where I think relievers are going to have a worse ERA than starters this year, and that's that's never happened before, or at least it does hasn't happened in a long time. So, you know, what that means is that we're putting worse and worse relievers out there for more innings. We're asking uh, so many innings of the relievers that they're starting to, you know, get tired. Uh, it's, a, it's a whole bunch of factors, but it means that we have pushed that idea as about as far as it can go. And I think that makes sense because the whole the whole way that bullpenning got, got started was in the in the in the uh, postseason. It was a way to deal with the wild card game. It was a way to deal with not having a great third starter in a, in a division series. And it was a way to sort of deal with a shortcoming, which is we didn't have enough great starters. But it's a really hard thing to do over the full season. I mean, you're really going to work your relievers hard. The only way you can really do it is if you have a bunch of relievers in the minor leagues that you can kind of cycle through. That's what the Rays do. They have a bunch mm-hmm. of guys that kind of are on the express. They go to AAA and AA and they come back up. Uh, and that, that's a way to kind of give your bullpen rest and, and manage it. But not every team has that. And so that's why you've gotten to where you've gotten now. Um, you know, and for what it's worth, I think the, the Twins have a good enough bullpen to succeed in the postseason, especially if uh, you're able to kind of maybe put Michael Pineda in that bullpen or put Martin Perez in that bullpen in the postseason. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. You know, last one from me. I'm curious your thoughts um, as a national writer who's covered baseball for a long time, what is your uh, sense of the Twins? We, we talk about them as possible contenders here in Minnesota, but without putting our you know Minnesota blinders on or anything, we know the Astros are a great team. We know the Yankees have the bats, a couple other good teams around the league. Do you think the Twins are legitimate 
uh, World Series contenders in the American League right now. I do. I do, actually. And the, I think one of the reasons is actually Jose Barrios, because what I see of this team reminds me a lot of the young Cubs and the young Astros in terms of, you know, all this young bat talent and all these great players in the lineup with, with you know, to be honest, more veterans sprinkled in than a lot of those teams had. And Marlon Gonzalez and Nelson Cruz, they've got more, and even Chrome, they've got more veterans than some of those early Cubs teams had. And they have Jose Barrios, which I would say the early Cubs teams were always looking for an ace. And, they were, and that's what I do think is in common. They're always, the Twins make me worry a little bit on the pitching side. And it's always the pitching side. Do they have enough? That's what I worry about. That's also with the Cubs. I think the Cubs are always worrying about that. Uh, but having Jose Barrios as a young ace in that situation, I think it makes them a little bit different. And so I, I would definitely say they're on that Cubs track, and it's, it's a really exciting time to be in Minnesota, I think. I was reading your piece on the on the A's and the formula that they've used this morning, you know, and, and that kind of reminded me of the Twins and the formula that they're using a little bit. They sprinkle in some veterans who they kind of find in the bargain bin, the, the high, the intense focus on on launch angle, being able to get things out of pitchers that other teams necessarily didn't see or couldn't unlock. Do you see the similarities between those two franchises? I do. I mean, uh, the kind of back end of the pitching staff in terms of Pineda, Perez, and even Odorizzi, like these were guys that weren't, didn't take that much uh, to, to, to sign. And, you know, the, the A's used to always have a designated hitter that was near the end of his career that didn't cost that much. I mean, they had Frank Thomas. They had Mike Piazza. They had these guys. They used to run through these guys every year before Chris Davis. And I think Nelson Cruz is like the very best version of that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, there's definitely some similarities. They, they, they aren't going to be a team probably that goes out there and spends $300 million on, on, a, on, a, on a free agent. At the same time, they've made some really great uh, signings, and and then that's really helped uh, bolster their their young lineup. So it's you know there's definitely a little bit of A's, a little bit of young Cubs here. Awesome. That's Eno Saris. Read his work at the Athletic. Follow him on Twitter if you like good baseball content. And our guest for the last few minutes here on the Score North First Place Twins Show. Always appreciate it, Eno. Thanks for a few minutes, man. Eno, thank you, man. I uh, got you guys. Got to go eat something that's deep fried. That's you know, fried something fried with him something inside something fried. <laughs> we'll yeah. tweet you. Yes, you did, you did not need to tell me that. You know, that was that was going to happen. <laughs> okay, <good. laughs> Thanks, Thanks a lot, man. We appreciate guys. it. There's Edo Saris. Yeah, we have like 23 minutes before we can. Uh, 22 now. Danny and I <laughs> can go going. and try and find somebody who accepts cash. <laughs> credit cards. They all take cash. <laughs> or excuse me, yeah, that accept credit cards. Just get up in line with me, guys. We'll go get a bucket of cookies. It's fine. It's on you. Yes. Awesome. All right. Lunch lunch is on Derek. He's going to expense it. (laughs) Bucket of cookies. Danny, you ready? If you're going to eat a bucket of cookies for lunch, I'm covering your lunch. That's perfectly fine. Dude, I will go straight. Rami versus food. I will go straight straight cookie monster on on a bucket of cookies. Just throw them towards my face and see what lands in my mouth. It says about four dozen on the thing. Four dozen. Rami's going to count them. I mean, I can try. (laughs) As they go down. It's the Score North First Place Twins Show. We're live from the Bombasota State Fair off Chambers Street on the left edge of the grandstand. Magic number is 34, and uh, we are live from the State Fair and back after this on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North Mobile. 
8.43 here at Score North as we're live out at the Minnesota State Fair. This is your Score North download. Hi, boys. You're waving at me, making this all awesome and everything. How are you guys doing? Great. You guys, in, uh, specifically Danny and, and Rami here, you guys enjoying your first Minnesota State Fair? I mean, I haven't gotten to experience much of it yet. Yeah. I have two hours in between shows. I'm going to go try and get in as much State Fair as I can with no cash. I certainly have voiced my complaints. Well, there's ATMs <laughs> around here. They're like an $8 surcharge. Yeah, no, Jeez, you're not getting really? me. You ain't Something getting me like, like that. that. Nope, nope. No, okay, sir. never mind then. I'll be back tomorrow. I have, I have tickets for tomorrow. <laughs> Well, the Score North is live at the Minnesota State Fair from now until Labor Day every weekday. The Twins, the, the Score North Twin Show is at noon. Purple Daily from two to four. Mackie and Judd with Rami four to six. Every day, every weekday here at the State Fair, right off Chamber Street on the left edge of the grandstand. That's been your Score North download. Now back to the first place Score North Twin Show. Live from Bombasota, the land of ten thousand rakes, where the magic number is thirty-four. Rami Makloff. Danny Cunningham, Derek Wetmore, you just heard Jonathan there, who is on the other side of the glass. It's just like in studio. We have got to keep some semblance. We have of like that. a little normality here. We have like a little house here, and we're outside on the front porch, and Jonathan is inside behind the glass. Declan back in the studio. This but, glass isn't soundproof, though. No, Th this and, glass is much thinner. Yeah. And there are windows on the glass, and it's open. And I can't blame you, Jonathan Harrison, because in it's my time day. going to the Minnesota State Fair, this is a top ten weather day right now. Oh I'm yeah, just gonna call it. Yo, this you couldn't ask for better weather for this. State Fair. What are you rolling your eyes at? Are we just nothing? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Is it just me, or did since Daddy and I said on the air we don't have cash and can't go get cookies? More and more people, and a couple of them have walked away now. Started like coming up and watching us do the show while eating cookies. It's like, all I see. So as to rub yeah. it in. Yep. You guys, that's all you will see here at the State Fair. Is people that's right. eating those cookies. That's right. Every, every third or fourth person walks by with a bucket of cookies, I and I've had no cookies. cookies. I, that's what I wanted for breakfast today. I, I woke up like I'm going to have cookies for breakfast, and it's going to be great. I, I get in line. Cookies. I get up there and go, oh, cash only. You only see. What you're thinking about all the time and what's running through your brain. It's weird. All I can see is people drinking beers as they walk around here. I don't know what the relation is. <laughs> probably just a coincidence. There, there's another guy with a bucket of like four dozen cookies. Probably just a coincidence. Oh, my God. Yeah, it probably is four dozen. No lie. It, that's what it says. It says about four dozen. <laughs> Believe me, I made it to the front of the line. I saw the menu. Oh, you got all the way to the front of the line before you found out. Yeah, I I'm waited sorry, in line dude. for about seven minutes. Yo, I'll try and take you guys around. You got a little bit after the show. I know Rami's got two hours. I'll show you guys a couple of things that you got to see at the State Fair. A part of me is sorry that that happened to you, Danny. The other part of me is glad that it happened to you so it didn't have to happen oh, to me. It's, were, and it's great content. You were my guinea pig. I wish I wouldn't have told you. <laughs> oh, I wish it would have happened to you. <laughs> poor Danny. One team, one dream here at Score North, man. You That's took right. one for, you took yeah. one for the team. You know what my there, dream is? Oh, cookies. Here we go. Here we go. Set Set oh, wait. Right do we have cookies? We've got Set cookies. We've got cookies. Oh, oh, we got cookies. We've got cookies. Danny, you guys go get your cookies. You go do your thing. We'll talk about the twins. <laughs> I wanted to talk real quick about something. Danny, grab one for me. That uh, <laughs> It came up yesterday on Mackie and Judd no, with no, Rami. Okay, thank, thank you. you. And uh, yeah, thank and you. again today on Hour 1 of the Score North First Place Twins Show, Glenn Perkins on baseball. If you missed that, go to scorenorth.com, wherever you download podcasts, or that handy-dandy, nifty Score North Dude, It was app. a great Glenn Perkins on baseball today. It but was fantastic. The question came up of hopes versus expectations. Like, what's fair to hope for with this Twins team, and what's... What's fair to expect from this Twins team? And I feel like those are two very different things. And where I was on, on Mackie and Judd with Rami yesterday, which you can hear weekdays 4 to 6 here on Score North, it sounds like is where Glenn Perkins is at too, which is that it's fair to, I think, expect them to win the division. 
it's fair to hope they can make some noise and get close to a World Series. Anything beyond that, as far as expectations go, to me is, is a little bit overboard. Where are you at with this, Danny? So my expectations have changed when they didn't do anything, didn't do enough to improve themselves, and, and didn't instill a belief enough in that clubhouse that they were a World Series team. So my personal expectations have changed because of that. Now I don't expect nearly as much. So what expectations are versus what would be disappointing, I think, is different. Because if you're not in the ALCS, which I don't expect them to be, it's a disappointment. My expectations now are disappointment, actually, if that makes sense. I am <laughs> oh, expecting... I Welcome to be a Minnesota sports fan. Yeah. I am expecting... You fit right in here, Danny. That's the most Minnesota sports thing you've said. <laughs> I am expect, And I'm not even rooting for this team. Sure. I am expecting this team to have a disappointing postseason because I don't yeah. think they have enough to win the ALDS. And if you start off 14-18 and you lead the defending... The three-time defending AL Central champs by 11 and a half games and you don't win a playoff series, there is no way you can spin it to me that this was success. I am. I agree with something Danny just said there, which is that your expectations have changed. Mine have too. In, in May, I thought, yeah, this is a team that sees itself as a World Series contender, so I'm expecting game one is going to be started by Marcus Stroman or Trevor Bauer or Noah Syndergaard or on and on down that list. Honestly, you should have expe expected game two to be started by one of those guys because you think Jose Brios is going to take that step and be that good. Yeah, I, I And guess, that hasn't happened either. I mean, flip a coin for me for either one of those. But but your point is sound. That like I Part of my expectation, part of that built into my estimation for what would happen for the rest of the year was adding another top flight starter. Just frankly, I thought they would get it done. I thought yeah, the front office would didn't. go out and do We're it. We're here now. This is where we are. This That's why expectations have changed. And now I still view them as an ALCS contender. I guess I'd be surprised if they win the World Series, but I'm still not even writing that one off. I I think I might be the high man on the show in terms no, of at what this the point, can do. At this point, nothing would surprise me. I think they can win the World Series. I don't expect it. I don't expect it. Expect them to make it to the World Series. I don't even necessarily expect them to make it to the ALCS. I give them as good a chance of doing any of those things as any team out there other than the Houston Astros. I expect them to go to the ALCS, and I think what Danny said is right. If they don't go to the ALCS, it's a disappointment. That's why I said on Glenn Perkins on Baseball today that if you don't make it at least to the ALCS, that's a disappointing end of the season no matter how it happens. It's just, it's flat out. That's just, that's There's not no good other enough way to where spin you it. were. There's no other way to spin it. You were so good, and you looked like you were going to be a true contender for all 162 games, and every team, no matter how good, is going to go through spurts where they're just not very good. That happens to every great team in baseball history, but you looked the part that even when you had that rough patch, you were still going to be considered a World Series contender. That's changed. Well, at this point, they can't run into the Astros in the first round of the playoffs, can they? The yeah. Astros will be the one seed. No, the well, Yankees have the best record in baseball well, right now. The Yankees have the best record. The yeah. Yankees right are sitting at 83 and 45. Houston's 81 See, and 47. Run, it would be in, an ALDS right now, and I can't pick you to win that series. If they run into the Astros in the, in the first round of the playoffs, I don't expect them to win that series. That's why I'm saying you can have hopes of an ALCS. You can have hopes of a World Series, and that's realistic. That's not pie in the sky hopes. Those are legitimate hopes. But to expect much beyond a division championship, to me, is a little crazy. And to keep bringing up. 40 and 18 is a little crazy because unless you bought that they were 40 and that they were that ball club on pace to win 110 games, then you shouldn't set your season expectations on what they did in the first 58. You set your season expectations on what you thought they were when the season started and then what they've convinced you has changed since then. 
I was never convinced they were a 110-win baseball sure. team. Was anybody here ever convinced they were a 110-win baseball team? No, I wasn't convinced of that, but so, I was convinced for the time that they were a true contender, and I'm certainly not convinced of that now. But it sounds like you're setting expectations on a 40-18 and 18 start. I'm setting expectations about what this season was and what it's turned into, just because expectations are going to change, yes, because they certainly have for me, but that doesn't make it not disappointing. You cannot expect them to beat the Astros, and I don't think anyone here should no. expect them to beat the Astros. But should you be disappointed if they don't make the ALCS? Absolutely, you I should be. I think so. they might win 95-plus games and then we'll see what happens in the ALDS. That's where I'm at. I mean, there is the initial disappointment. You never feel good when your team got eliminated, but at some point when the hurt wears off and you look back at it with some perspective, you go, that was... That was a really good season, and they lost to a better team. I know they just lost two or three to the White Sox, and they got three with the Tigers coming up, so this is a little bit out of context that we're talking October and postseason when they haven't even wrapped that up yet. But you talk about the Astros, Rami. If you got the Twins and Yankees in a series right now, who are you taking? I'm probably picking where is... Game one would be in Yankee Stadium, I would assume, because I don't see the Twins necessarily closing that five-and-a-half game gap right now. Sure. I'm picking the Yankees. You said Yankees and Twins Yankees, in the series? Yankees, Twins, first round. I take the Twins. I, would, I, I can't do that, especially having to play three out of five in Yankee Stadium. I would say just a slight edge to the Twins. It's a borderline coin flip series for me, and the only reason I say slight edge to the Twins is because if we're using that last three-game series as any sort of measuring stick, and I don't think it's totally unfair to do so because that had playoff feels to it. That's That three-game series at oh, Target Field between those two teams, the feels it had it playoff had. feels to it. It didn't feel like a playoff it atmosphere in that ballpark. Felt, felt like it to me. Just saying. And that was that was a, that's about as close as you can come to splitting a three-game series. When you look at how it played out, the Yankees decisively the won half. one, the Twins decisively won the other, and the one in the middle, it was just back and forth, both teams answering every shot the other team that had for the greatest game this ten year. innings, yeah. including the Twins answered the Yankees' shot in the tenth inning, only there was a miraculous catch to get the third and final out. If he doesn't make that catch, that ball goes to the wall and the Twins win that game. It's over. So that, that game is about as close to a 50-50 split of a win-loss as you can possibly get in a baseball game. And since then, the Twins improved themselves. The Yankees did not. So if they were, if they were neck and neck when these two teams last met and the Twins went out and added to their bullpen while the Yankees sat back and basically did nothing at the trade deadline, i got to give a slight edge to the Twins. Home field advantage plays into it a little yep, bit too. Yep. That one to me is like a 50-50 Houston, maybe that's 60-40 because they're, they're a better ball club. But, like, Tampa, you're either favoring the Twins or 50-50. Same with Oakland, same with Cleveland. Things like that are just what make the postseason so special and so fun. What makes this week interesting is it's probably, what, 75-25, 80-20? Right. Twins, I would have said the same thing about the White Sox. I would have said you should have taken two out of three, maybe sweep, and you didn't. So there is an element of... You still have to execute. You still have to win these games. You still have to perform. But I think if the Twins can stack up three wins this week, it puts them in a pretty good spot. And And that's a bad Tigers baseball team. It's going to be really tough to close the gap on the Yankees and take home field advantage in the first playoffs. I've pretty much written that one Five and a half out. But they could leapfrog the Astros. Possible. So either way, even if you do leapfrog the Astros, you're still facing the Astros. Right. Like it's still that 2-3 matchup. But I'd I'd rather face the Astros with the home field advantage than face the Astros. I don't know that it matters in that series. 
I don't think home field matters in that series. What? How can you say that? I because I I think the Astros are that much better. I like, don't, like I head don't, and shoulders better than the Twins? Yes, I think the Astros are the best team in baseball. I would pick the Astros to beat every single team in baseball in a best-of-five or a best-of-seven series. Sure, but not like 90-10, Danny. That's not all I'm saying. Not 90-10, but not Home nearly enough matters. for one extra game at Target Field to matter. Home field matters to me. I'm picking the Astros there. No, If that game is played on Mars, I'm picking Houston. <laughs> that, I don't think they're going to. The but. Astros are the team in the American League that for I look sure. at. And for I, sure. And He's I right. decisively and definitively say... They beat the Twins in a playoff series. Okay. All right. Well, I guess I'll be the high the man Yankees, today. The Yankees, the A's, the Rays, bring them on. And I think the Twins have as good a chance of winning any of those series as any of those teams that they'll face, if not better. But the Astros, I think, are a better club. And I do believe that there is something to be said for been there, done that. Sure. Knowing the moment. Which is another thing you can say about the Yankees. Been there, done that. Yeah, They've the been Yankees. there, done that. Some a lot of, of those guys have been in big moments, and you can't say that a lot about the, about a lot of the guys on the Twins. This has been the Score North First Place Twins Show live from the Bomba Soda State Fair, Magic Number Thirty Four. I saw Matthew Collar around here somewhere, along with Courtney Cronin. They got Purple Daily coming up next on fifteen hundred ScoreNorth.com, the Score North mobile app, and wherever you download podcasts.